Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Associate Pastor Nancy Sai. We are going to be in 1 Timothy 6.12, and it reads, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confess the good confession of faith before many witnesses. Say, fight the good fight of faith. All right, so if you're taking notes this morning, and I hope you are, um, we have a saying here at the church that you'll forget what I'm preaching, I'll forget what I'm preaching, but your notes won't forget what you're preaching. So if you would title this message, The Contender, The Contender. Let's pray as we continue our time together. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. God, I thank you that you're softening our hearts, uh, you're clearing our minds, and uh, our our ears and our eyes are attentive to what you would have to say to us this morning, Lord. Uh, Let your word be spoken, Lord, um, and sown a seed into our hearts, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, hey, um, how many of you would say that you like to watch reality TV. Yes, okay, I'll just say this, guys. I love the ones that were bold enough to raise their hands. I think reality TV is a lot like McDonald's. We all deny that we go, but somehow it's still in business and new ones are still going up. So I'll say this, reality TV, you may wanna deny that you've ever watched, but truth of the matter is like, those are the shows that everybody's watching, they're still on. Um, How many of y'all remember a show called Survivor? Yes, yes, okay. Um, Some of the moms in here, Kate plus eight. Yes, the mom that's crazy with eight kids, Jesus. Um, What about uh, some of my younger kids are gonna know, keeping up with the Kardashians? Yes. Um, All of us who who love a good love story, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Um, so I personally do not watch. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I love it. I will say this. I have my seasons of when I like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, but there's, I literally have watched maybe three seasons. So I like, like to pick and choose. I don't know. I guess I'm not a hardcore fan, but if you do love the show, hey, it's, hey, a lot of people do too. So there's like watch parties all the time. And apparently the one that's going on right now is about to be at the end. So how many of y'all watch The Bachelor? Yes, a few of you, yay, okay. Uh, so you know who, yeah, my sister's jumping in the back. I love it, <laughs> sorry. So um, there's a, just reality TV, there's something about it. You like to watch, you're watching someone's lives. You know, most of the time what they do is they put a lot of people into one small place so that they all get on each other's nerves and we can have a good storyline, right? And so whenever I was younger, there was a show that me and my sister like, I don't know how we came across it, why we came across it, um, how we became so like infatuated with the show, but it was called The Contender. And what this was, it was a, a show where they took 16 guys who wanted to make it in boxing career, and they all came under one roof, lived together, because that's what you have to do. You live under one in one house, and what they did is they had to like improve on their skills, and they all had like matches that they had to do at the end of the week, and you know, like all shows someone has to leave and people stay and we slowly dwindle down to the winners. And I don't know what it was about this show. I don't know what it, why, because like we knew nothing about boxing. Uh, I know like there's just no knowledge there. I really don't even like to watch it. I literally watched that one season and have never watched boxing again. So there was just something about it. And as I was thinking about why like that show, like I could clearly remember, it was so funny. Somebody said something about boxing and I was like, 
oh my gosh, that show. Like, I just remembered it all of a sudden. And what it was is, how many of you know that when they start to tell you the story and the background about each of the characters, that that's when your heart like attaches to someone, right? It's when you start to hear about the guy who's 34 and has had, has, has had his heart broken five times and you're like, oh, he deserves to find love. Like he should be the one that wins. Or, you know, you watch, um, I don't know, The Survivor. I've never watched Survivor, so I don't even know what they do. Um, or I know that there's one about uh, Shark Tank and you hear about the story of how they started their business and how they're struggling and how they really need the money. And you're like, yes, give them the money, invest into that business. And there's something about when you hear someone's story, right? Um, And so as we're watching the show, there's many uh, guys who, you know, have their story about their kids and they're fighting for their kids. And then there's a man who was fighting for his wife. He wanted to have her not have to work anymore. And then there was this one that me and my sister, like we, we loved this guy. His name was, his last name was Gomez. I don't remember his first name right now. Alfonso Gomez. I actually had someone first service come up to me and go, you were a fan of Alfonso Gomez? I'm like, yes, that's his name. So Alfonso Gomez, he was the one that we were rooting for. Like he had his family and I think it probably was just related to me. He had his family who had uh, came over from Mexico and he was fighting for them to make their dreams come true, all this stuff, right? Awesome story. We're like rooting for him. It'd be the night where the show comes on and me and my sister are like making our belts and like we're all geared out like we know anything about boxing and talking about, oh man, yeah, the, the boxing swing or the uppercut or the, you know, the jab and all this stuff. We have no idea what we're talking about, but because we watched Sylvester Stallone tell us about it, we thought we're experts now. So we're watching this show. And as I was thinking about this, you know, there was all, every time that they would come to a fight, they would always have something that they would symbolize, that would have that fight symbolized. So whenever it came time to elimination, it was two guys would come and fight. And what would, one would be like, oh, well, I'm fighting for my children. Like I'm every time, you know, I'm going to swing, I'm going to think about my kids. Or the guy would say, oh, I'm thinking about my parents and the struggle that they lived and the struggle that they had to get here. And, you know, it made me think about life and how here we read in uh, first Timothy, it says, fight the good fight of faith. And it makes me think about, we're going to have fights in life, right? There's going to be times where things aren't going great. Uh, There's going to be times where the bills are stacking up and our bank account doesn't match what the bills are saying that we owe. And that's going to be a fight, right? Or there's times where you're going to get a doctor's report and it's not going to be that you're 100% whole. It's going to say that maybe you're sick or maybe there's cancer or maybe there's a loved one that has that. And you're having to fight to believe that God's going to heal this person or heal yourself. And there's always going to be some kind of fight. And here it says to fight the fight. It doesn't say to stay back from the fight. It doesn't say to avoid the fight. It doesn't say if there's a fight. It says fight the fight. And this morning, I want us to think about it and really just look into different types of fights. Um, when I was thinking about what they were doing as they were getting ready to fight, they, were, they had their fights be symbolic of something because it gave them the energy and the strength to keep going. You know, and a lot of times in our lives, we think it's about the bills. We think about it's about the marriage. We think it's about the loved ones that we're believing for. We think it's about whatever is going on around us in the natural. And in reality, it has nothing to do with that. It's about something that's on the other side of that. And the enemy knows that if he can take you down in this fight, at the end of the day, he'll take you down in the battle. But here's the thing. Most of these people go into fights and they're fighting for victory. I want to remind you this morning, you're fighting from victory. God's already won. All we have to do is just be in the fight. Amen. And so as we're looking at these different kinds of fights, the first fight that I want us to look at is the fight of fear. How many of y'all have some kind of fear? Yeah. 
I do not like the dark. I, I don't like it at all. There's just nothing good can be in the dark. Am I right? Like, what, what do you need to be in the dark that's like, yes. And even if there's things, um, you know, a society and like uh, horror films have made it to where even the sweetest, most precious three-year-old can look so deadly in the middle of the night while she's standing in the hallway holding a baby in a blanket. Like you're like, oh my gosh. Oh, I forgot. I have two daughters that you're standing. That's my child. No, it's because of the films. Like it's gotten to where it's so scary. And like, there's all kinds of fears. There's people who fear the wind. Uh, there's people who fear certain colors. Uh, there's all kinds of fears. I'm telling you, uh, let's see, let's think about the obviously like the obvious one, spiders. We don't like spiders, snakes. I don't do any kind of animals like critter things. Don't like those. We have them at the hub all the time. Um, So it's like we're having to fight fear every day at the office, but there's all kinds of fears. And what the enemy knows is that if he can scare us enough to make us think that it's actually bigger than what it is, he'll keep us from fulfilling what God's called us to do. He'll keep us from obtaining what God's called us to obtain. He'll keep us from believing what God's called us to have. And, you know, I was thinking about that. And I remember whenever my sister and I were little, um, we would go to Walmart with my mom. Everyone goes to Walmart, right? Um, We would go to Walmart with my mom and it would be a quick trip. Y'all know those quick trips. Um, Just really quick. My dad knows, like, if my mom's going to Walmart, he might as well just go to bed. Like, she'll be home whenever she's done and wherever she feels like it. So um, we would go to Walmart for a little quick trips. And since it was going to be really quick, me and my sister was like, oh, well, you go do and get what you got to get. And we'll just go, you know, walk around and figure out, see, you know, be cool, not be with our parents. And so we would go and everything would be great at the beginning. You know, you're walking around the aisles like you're really going to buy anything. You don't have any money, um, but you're ready to like take a stack of things to your mom and say, hey, mom, will you buy me this. And so we're walking around looking at everything in the aisles and, you know, hanging out and, you know, about 30 minutes goes by and you can pretty much see everything that's interesting uh, at Walmart by that time. I mean, we're not going to get grocery supplies. uh, We're not going to get cleaning supplies. So by that time, we've seen all the toys, we've seen the electronics. It's pretty much time to go. So we think, okay, well, it's time to look for mom, right? So we're looking around and can't find mom go down all the like grocery aisles because obviously she's getting groceries. She should be here. She's not. Um, let's go down these other aisles, nothing. And like at this point, we're starting to kind of like panic a little bit. You know, every person around the corner looks like they're a kidnapper. Um, every person that's near you looks like they're chasing you. Like you're walking like super fast and these people are just like normal pace. But to you, it's like, oh my gosh, they're chasing me. And literally, I remember there was one time me and my sister were like, okay, let's split up and we'll meet back at this aisle. So we go and literally when we saw each other, we thought it was like someone after us. And like, I remember us running and like throwing our stuff in the aisle everywhere, realizing then it was me and her. Um, And then like clinging to each other for our dear lives. How many of y'all know my mom was in Walmart and nothing bad was probably gonna happen to us. Um, Then there's a part of, well, maybe we should have obeyed her. Maybe she just left us here. Like, she's just like, you know, sorry about your bad luck, figure it out, find a way home. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about that and how as, as time goes by, as I'm in this situation more, the fear starts settling in more and I start making things up. 
My imagination starts to go a little crazy. Um, I start to imagine things that really aren't there. I start to imagine um, that my mom doesn't really love me, so I'm just going to be stuck at Walmart. Like, we start to go camp out at the beds, figure out how we're going to sleep that night. The good thing is, Walmart's stocked of everything, so it's really okay, right? You can tell we thought about this very, very distinct, like, full details. Um, But you start to think about things that really aren't the case. And that's what fear tends to do. It it tends to just uh, settle in. But then it makes us start to imagine and question and think things that aren't even really true. You know, and a lot of times I think whenever we're in a place of fear, we become, we become, we, we th- believe the lie that God has left us, that God has left us right there in that place. You know, how many times are we doing something and it feels like everything's going the wrong way? And you're like, hey, God, do you remember? Like, I'm right here. Like, do you remember me? I'm still here where you told me to do. And like, you're nowhere to be found. And I love what it says in Joshua 1.9. It says, have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It doesn't say he's with you if you're doing the right things. It doesn't say he's with you if you're, um, be, you're reading your Bible every day. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say any kind of stipulations. It says he's with you wherever you go. And I want to just encourage you this morning that if you find yourself in a place of fear, if you're questioning whether God's there with you or you're questioning whether he's even really called you to do something or you're questioning whether you even heard from him, he's there with you. It may seem like there's nothing going on. It may seem like there's like God isn't there, but he's there. And what I realized is, you know, there was many times when we were at Walmart and at the very end of it, we'd find our mom. She would be there. She would come to us and she would cling on to her for our dear lives. Like, you know, something bad was going to happen. But at the end of the day, she was always there. She wasn't, I didn't mean like physically feel her right next to me, but she was there. And a lot of times we don't realize God's presence is there with us. He's there to help us. And it may feel like we're by ourselves and it may feel like it's like all this fear settling in and God, I don't know if I can do this, but let me just encourage you. God's with you wherever you go, wherever you go. And I love what it also says in Romans 8, 38 through 39. It says, for I am persuaded beyond doubt. I am sure that neither death nor angels nor principalities nor things impending and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will able will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord I love that it literally takes the time to tell us every possible thing that no matter this that whatever you can think of God's love will never be separated from you He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always with you. Amen. Amen. You know, many times our fears are based out of that lie that he's left our side. And I just want to encourage you this morning. If the enemy has fed you that lie, or if you began to believe that lie, just remember that God is for you. You can go in the word and find scripture after scripture after scripture that's going to tell you that. And I love the fact that it's in there so many times because it's just, it's indicative to remind us that God knew that we would have moments where we would feel like he wasn't there that we would be afraid. And he's just given us the word to remind us that he's always there and that we have no reason to fear. Amen. The second kind of fight that we have to fight is the fight of solitude. You know, we start to believe the lie that I'm the only one. I'm the only one that struggles with this addiction. I'm the only one that can't understand the Bible when I read it. 
I'm the only one that doesn't hear God's voice. I'm the only one that their prayers aren't being answered. I'm the only one that has a sickness. I'm the only one, you fill in the blank. Whatever it is that you're struggling with. You know, a lot of times um, we just believe that lie that nobody else in the world, out of all the people in the world, there's no one else that's dealing with what we're dealing with. And I can tell you this, I love, love, love community groups. Community groups is the best way to realize that you are not the only one with issues. I love hearing all the different stories. And um, there's all kinds of groups. There's mom groups, Bible study groups. But I love, um, the first time I went to um, mom's group, it was when it first started at Jessica Shook's house. And I remember I had a I think Sophie was maybe like two or three months and Lily was like one. My babies are 15 months apart. And so I don't know what we were thinking when we did that, but now on the other side of the fight, it's all good. Um, We still have our moments, but I remember in that moment when you have a new baby and then when you have two new babies, like life is hard and you think that everyone else has life together. Uh, You think that everyone else's homes are put together. You think that everyone else doesn't have piles and piles of laundry, piles and piles of dishes. And I remember walking in there and thinking, oh my gosh, all these moms, like I'm fixing to walk into a group with all these perfect moms, right? And that day, um, actually, Brittany McWhorter's not in here, but she was here first service. She, um, it was her first day. And guess what? She walked in with the same thoughts, with the same insecurities, and with the same lies. She thought that she was the only one that couldn't get her kids to act right, uh, that could barely get the shoes on them as they were walking out the door, uh, that barely got her child to be quiet, stop crying as she shoved candy in her mouth, um, as she's walking in the front door. Because why? The enemy knows that if he can make us believe the lie that we're the only ones, that we'll seclude ourselves from everyone else. And the thing about life is we were never created to do it alone. We were never created to do life alone. We were always created to do life with others. And why? It's because we find strength in hearing one another's stories. We find uh, that God, if he did it for them, he can do it for me. And I love just hearing all the different stories. There's one story. um, There was a group that met at Pastor Brian and Crystal's house. And, um, and whenever they came in, it was time for prayer t- uh, time. So at the end, we like to do, you know, prayer request. And uh, this lady was fighting back tears and uh, was telling the group, you know, she needed prayer because she uh, had just gotten diagnosed with cancer. And before anybody could say anything, before even, you know, Pastor Brown or Crystal could say, yes, we're going to pray for that, a lady spoke up in the group and said, I was diagnosed with cancer just a few years ago. I am on the other side. God healed me and he can do it for you. And how many of you know, in that moment, she came in hopeless. She came in broken. She came in hurt. How many of y'all know, like you begin to play that lie of, well, God, if you love me, then why? And in that moment, she got confirmation that God did it for someone else. And guess what? He's going to do it for you. At the end of that group, they were able to even see that lady be cancer free. And what that, mean, what that symbolizes is life was never meant to be alone. The enemy knows that if he can feed us the lie and make us believe that, we're, that we are alone, then we'll begin to try to do life alone. And we were never created to do it that way. Amen. I love what it says in Deuteronomy 31.6. In the NIV, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you, not forsake you. That sounds just like the other scripture I read, does it not? And I love that because both things tie together. He tells us to not be afraid, and he tells us that we won't be alone. 
And how many of you know that that's the way that the enemy fights us? He scares us and he feeds us a lie that we're doing life alone. In seasons of not having other people, I will say that I've learned that I can wholly and fully rely on God. And, you know, whenever I first came to church, I, um, uh, I was about 25, probably about 25, 24, 25. Um, I had pretty much like my mom, my sweet mom, she's so sweet. She would always go up to Pastor Crystal every Sunday at church and tell her, pray for Nancy, pray for Nancy. And Pastor Crystal's like, Nancy hates me. She wants nothing to do with me, but I'll pray for her. And um, I remember uh, I was literally just at the end of everything. I felt like, you know, like there was no point for life. Just everything was just horrible. And I real I remembered because I was raised in church. I knew the only place I had to turn was God. And so I remember um, we were at my parents' restaurant at the time and they walked in the door. And how many of you know that moment where like you just like your hope is like filled up or you feel like, man, if I can just get a hold of that, like if I'll just get over there, everything will be fine. And I remember going over there to Pastor Crystal and just praying with her. And she literally just took me to camp with them. And life was great. Life was uh, turning. And um, in that, you know, when you're first saved, you're like so excited and you're like, man, I got to tell everybody, everybody's going to be so excited. They're going to love it. Like they, they need to have what I have. Right. Um, and I remember um, trying to tell my friends. I remember trying to take my friends to church. Um, I was not successful. Um, none of them wanted to go. And I remember uh, being at home uh, with my parents on Friday nights and Saturday nights and just me and my parents, 25-year-old, living with my parents, not having any friends. And in that moment, you know, I learned to rely on God. I learned to put my full trust on Him. I learned to build my relationship with God. And slowly but surely, God sent me people uh, to help me and to be with me. But it wasn't until I knew I couldn't rely on me or the people around me, but I had to rely on Him, that He started to give me that uh, support system. So I want to encourage you, if if you feel like you are alone— just fully rely on him. Begin to put all your trust, begin to put everything into him and he'll bring you people at the right time. The last thing that I want us to look at is the fight of endurance. The fight of endurance. Um, How many of y'all at the beginning of the year, you were like, I'm gonna lose 100 pounds and I'm gonna be at the gym seven days a week and from early at 4 a.m. Like I'm gonna open the gym, even though the gym's 24 hours. Um, You're like, I am gonna be there. And like, you know, January 3rd and you're like, "Eh, I'm gonna go to the donut shop and pretend like I'm at the gym. And when I get home, Jimmy will never even know. So I know that a lot of times for us, the beginning is really exciting. The initial of anything is like, we're excited, we've got motivation, we've got momentum, like everything's great. But it's once we're in it, that it's really easy to just be like, I want to quit, right? Um, God, you told me to do this. Uh, I'm doing it. Nothing's happening. Uh, God, I'm not eating the burgers and the french fries and I still weigh the same weight. Like what's happening? Like, hello, I'm not enjoying good food and I'm still not losing weight. Like what's gonna happen? Like nothing's happening here, Jesus. Or maybe uh, you said, hey, God told you, hey, that, that business that you have on the inside of you, uh, you're, I'm about to do something big, but you need to quit the job you're at. And you said, okay, God, I trust you. I'm gonna quit this job. It's gonna be great. God's gonna immediately open that next door for me. Business is gonna be booming. And you realize business isn't booming. Um, the bills are stacking up and it looks like nothing's happening. 
Every part of you wants to be like, oh, let me call my employer, go back to work. Um, a lot of times in the beginning, it's easy. In the beginning, beginning, it's exciting, it's new. But once we're in it, it's really easy to want to quit. And, you know, the fight of endurance is one that I think is one of those that's constant. Sometimes we learn how to battle that fear. Sometimes we learn that we trust that we know when God's with us every time. But that, that battle of endurance, that fight of endurance, it's something that's ongoing. It's something that we're do, having to deal with all the time. In Hebrews 6.12, it says, So that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in Him, in His power, and by patient endurance, even when suffering, are now inheriting the promise. In the New King James Version, it says, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Those two things right there, faith and patience. Patience is one of those things that we do not like to do. We're in like, I love what Pastor Brian says, we're in a microwave society. Like we want everything fast, instant. My two-year-old will ask me, what are we doing for dinner? And I'm like, I'm cooking you Chick-fil-A. We're driving through the drive-thru. And she's like, are you ordering it on your phone? And I said, no, we're just doing drive-thru. She's like, mom, that means we have to wait. I'm like, child of mine, seriously? Like, it's okay. We can pull in the drive-thru and order it. We don't have to do it on the phone. But how many of you know, that's the society that we live in. We uh, order our groceries so that we don't even have to waste time going in. And when they say they're ready, they better be ready because we don't want to sit in that little parking spot that says pick up and be waiting for 15 minutes when you told me my groceries were ready, right? We want everything fast. And how many of you know that God's like, normally, I'll say this probably uh, nine times out of 10 is going to be the faith and patience versus the suddenly. And so um, Jimmy and I, we bought um, some land And this whole process started uh, almost a year and a half ago. Um, And we thought, man, we're going to get our house. We're going to buy this land. We're going to build a house. And we are going to be in it by Christmas. Like I, that's what I told Jesus. I was like, Jesus, we will be in our new house by Christmas. Uh, Christmas 2018 came and went. And we didn't even have land purchased yet. Um, Lots of complications, lots of different things happening. And I remember Jimmy, uh, he's the one who heard from God. He's the one that listed the house before I even knew he listed it. And he's the one that was contacted when the man was sitting in our driveway wanting to see the house. Um, I didn't even know he had listed it. And so um, whenever the time came and we're still waiting for everything to start, which it should have started probably about five months ago, he looked at me and he said, well, here's the thing, Nancy. Uh, We need to decide if we're going to wait this thing out or if we're just going to move on. And I was like, "Uh, hold up wait this thing out or move on. Like you said, God said, this is what we're doing. And I'll say this, God told me the same thing. So we're not budging. We're not looking at other options. Um, How many of you know on the other side right now, it's easy to talk about it, but whenever I was in it, I hated my apartment. I felt like my two children were always on top of me and my husband. Uh, I felt like I lived like mobile church, like at home, like boxes of things, like open box to get this and open box to get that. And mom, where's this? I don't know. Look in box B. I have no idea. Like we needed to color code everything with like pictures so we knew what was in everything. Because also, side note, our apartment was handicapped. So it was for someone with a wheelchair. 
Mind you, both of us are not in wheelchairs. So we lost lots of space, storage space, closet space, because they had to make sure there was room for somebody with a wheelchair. So those of us who weren't had no room to store anything. So I literally was storing things at my friend Wes's. And I was like, thanks, Wes. You're not using your storage building. I will use yours. And so those six months was miserable. Um, But here's the thing. Looking back, it was nobody else's choice but my own. Uh, God didn't say, hey, I'm going to call you to sell your house and do this and do that. And you're going to be miserable while you do it. No, he told me what to do. He told me what I would get at the end. It was my choice whether I was miserable in the waiting or if I was enjoying it. And, you know, now um, this last week, it was so awesome. I've been like recording everything and um, taking the girls out there, whatever they first started. Uh, They did the forms. And like, for those of you who don't know, the forms are like this off off the ground. Lily's like, ooh, we have little walls. Uh, I'm like, no, these aren't the real walls, baby. Um, But uh, we've been watching the whole process and been getting to enjoy that as a family. And this last week we went out there and we've got walls that are going up and all this stuff, like real size walls. And I'm sitting there looking and I'm just enjoying it. And like, I'm just like, God, like you are so faithful. Like I just waited. I could have probably found something and settled for something else. I could have already been in a house that probably wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I knew it wasn't what God had told me. And I chose to just stay, be still and know that my God was going to provide. And so sitting here at this, you know, like watching everything that God's been doing, I've just realized, you know, even with our whole building and us believing and standing and saying, God, we're going to build, we're going to build, we're going to build. And so many times our pastors got words, you know, saying, it's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. It's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. And how many of you know, like our pastor Brian, like he, he listens to God. He doesn't move until God tells him to move. And whenever this building first came, um, it was one of those where Pastor Crystal was like, whoo, we're so excited. Like, this could possibly be it. Looking at it and even going and praying for this building, like making sure we're not missing God. Because how many of y'all know we've bought land here where the church were a city? Like, it doesn't make sense. And then all this happens with transitioning of our pastors getting a second campus. And we can't be the church or city in Sulphur Springs because that's two different cities. And changing the name and the building being Cato. And like, just looking at everything and us just taking a step back and realizing, you know what, God, we never quit. It got hard. There are times where we sat in staff meetings and hearing our pastors, you know, saying, we know this is what God said. We know this is where he's called us. And it doesn't look like it. Nothing's matching. Nothing's making sense. But you know what? We're going to continue to stand. We're going to continue to believe. We're going to continue to say what God said he's going to do. And what happens whenever we sit in a moment and we are, we're set in a moment where we're deciding whether we're going to continue going or we're going to veer off and try something else. God always is going to tell you what to do. And I'll tell you this. There's some of you in here, and I feel this so strong, that you've been doing the same thing. You've been doing the same thing. And you said, God, you told me to do this. You told me to do this. And everything around you looks like it's going the opposite. And God's telling me to tell you, just stick through it. Continue to be faithful. Continue to just not quit. And you're about to see a breakthrough on the other side. You know, I love what Pastor Crystal said is the enemy never attacks where there is no spoil. And where he knows that there's something greater, that's where he attacks. That's where he starts to give us the lie of being fearful and the lie of we're all alone. 
But I wanna tell you right now that God hasn't called you this far to just let you go. You know, um, at the beginning I was talking about how many, many battles, many fights that we go through in life are more symbolic of something greater than what's going on in the natural. You know, right now it looks like it's just your marriage, but it's actually that you're gonna impact so many more marriages because you and your husband were able to work things out. You know, maybe it looks like your loved one's not paying attention, not listening and not going the right way and you feel like nothing's changing. And it's because they're called to impact so many people that the enemy is fighting so hard to keep them from what God's called them to do. You know, the battles that we go through in life are far greater than anything we see in the natural. You know, um, my brother, he was up here. Didn't he do such a good job in transition today? I love him so much. You know, um, he's always, I've always seen it on him. And um, many people always say, that kid, he's, he's called to something special. He's got such a calling on his life, you know. And whenever he was about nine to 10 years old, um, my mom and my sister and my brother were on um, uh, the road. They were on their way, headed back home. And there was an accident. There was a tire in the road and my mom tried to miss it. And they were in a, a, like a Yukon SUV type thing and it flipped a few times and little brother like flew out of the window, had the Suburban land on him. Um, and such a, I mean, just crazy, crazy accident. Um, God's always faithful. He um, actually, there was a nurse that was driving home. She pulled over to help them. There was about four or five men that were Hulk and were able to pick up the Suburban and take him out from under it. But seeing God's hand through all that, you know, seeing how God had the people there for them. Uh, he was care flighted, had an emergency surgery because he was bleeding internally and came out on the other end. So many odds that were against him. Um, and in that, there was one thing that it wasn't until many years later, Pastor Crystal and I were talking and um, the accident actually happened right here on Interstate 30, right there at the lie, at the city limits of Royce City, Texas. And you know, thinking back nine, 10 years ago, Pastor Brian and Crystal had no idea they were coming to Roy City, Texas. God hadn't spoken to them. God hadn't even budged on them at all. And, you know, um, whenever it was time for us to, whenever they announced and people were saying, you know, that they were coming, my brother was one of the first to say, I feel like God's called me there. I know that I'm supposed to be a part of what God's doing there in Roy City, Texas. And how many of you know the enemy knew? Nine, 10 years ago, the impact and the peace that he would play here at this church. And even back then at the age of nine and 10, tried to take him out. The battles that we go through in life are not about what's happening right there in the natural. It's about something far greater than that. It's about something more than that. It's about the marriages. It's about the family members. It's about a community that God's trying to impact. I wanna encourage you this morning. It feels like there's no way out. It may feel like there's just no way out but quitting. But I want to tell you this morning that God sent me here this morning to tell you not to quit. That your breakthrough is just around the corner. That he's with you. Fear not for he is with you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray as we close our time together. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for your uh, strength. We thank you for your courage. Lord, right now we just thank you that if you called us to do something, you're gonna be faithful to fulfill it, God. In Numbers, it says that you're not man that you should lie. And so right now, God, I just thank you for strengthening our hearts. Lord, I just thank you right now for those of us who have stepped out, God, who have been just, it feels like we're taking one fight after the other. 
and it feels like everything's coming down around us. God, I just thank you right now that you're reminding us that you're with us, that you haven't left us, that there's nothing that we could do to separate us from your love. God, I thank you right now for a supernatural strength to come upon each and every one of us, God, that we wouldn't be those that quit, God, but we would be those that endure through it all, God, that we stand firm and we're still knowing that you are there with us. At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text DECIDED to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.